I'm Will Hansen and welcome to the Experts in the Room podcast, brought to you by Extreme Push. This series will chat to some of the leading minds working in the customer experience, retention and data space in some of the most competitive and fastest growing industries in the world. In this episode, surprise and delight, I spoke with John Smith, co-founder of Thunderbite and expert in all things gamification. Thunderbite recently joined the Extreme Push umbrella to allow us to deliver a single, unified approach to retention, loyalty, including gamification. John and I peel back the lid on what gamification and free-to-play can deliver for operators, how we can build coherent retention strategies with our players, and just how important it is to unify your marketing funnel in 2024. If you're looking for practical advice on some of the best strategies to supercharge your brand, then this is the one for you. We've got a special episode here today, a bonus episode of Experts in the Room. I'm very happy to be uh, welcoming John Smith, uh, co-founder of Thunderbite, um, now an extreme pusher or an XPR as we'd like to call it um, after Thunderbite has joined the extreme push portfolio. So we'll call that out at the start. But John, awesome to talk to you today. Um, We're going to get stuck into free to play and gamification at a very deep level, I suspect. We are indeed, Will. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Cheers. Obviously, we we usually go outside for the expertise, but when you've got someone that knows as much about um, free to play um, and that environment, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come into you. So it'd be it'd be really useful, I think, for those that don't know Thunderbite to maybe just give an overview of what Thunderbite does, um, and then there'll be a lot of people that are aware of us as Extreme Push as a CRM, so that's great. But we we might might start with kind of the Thunderbite. Um, uh, reason for existing, I guess, is the best way to call it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, brief synopsis on on, on Thunderbite as, as was. So uh, we formed the company in 2014, uh, and the idea really was to find a space in the industry where free to play could really uh, could really thrive. So uh, we first started working with with William Hill. So if you're going to start, start with one of the biggest boys in town, right? So yeah. um, we started with no better way to do it. Yeah, started working with them on a number of different projects. One of which was the 2014 Football World Cup in Brazil. Uh, they asked us to build a sport prediction game where you could win points and there was leaderboards and you, you basically won points and prizes for predicting the, the correct score in, in, in each of the football games and you would map teams path through to the final and you'd get extra points and you'd, you'd be in little groups with your friends and, and very social but ultimately a really good start to what is now a really powerful gamification tool so so we built that and then at the same time as building yeah. that their, their casino boy said hey we want a slice of this because even though it's the Football World Cup, we want to use that. We want to leverage that to do something on Casino. So at the same time, they asked us to build a, a spinny wheel, they called it. But essentially, we called it a Wheel of Fortune. And yeah. the idea was that you would spin it and you would win some prizes over on Casino. So even if you had a rotten day with your predictions, which invariably happened to me all the time, you would end up winning some kind of free spins over on you know one of their Casino games and, 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 and kind of... If you deposit five, we'll give you 10, these kind of offers. So um, <clears throat> the results of this were really, really strong. They asked us to come back into uh, Gibraltar as soon as the World Cup was over. Actually, said, hey, can you come back in and see us? We had no idea what we were laying ourselves in for. We, we rocked up at the offices and they laid out a whole different kind of roadmap of what they wanted us to do. And and essentially at that point, Thunderbag was born. We, we went and sat in a bar and said, hey, we better figure out how to start a company and figure out what games we want to offer to clients. So, um, so yeah, so that was 2014. And, uh, and as recently as the end of August this year, we were acquired by Extreme Push. So 
yeah, nine nine years uh, in the making, and uh, yeah, we, we we grew the company from three of us to uh, tw- over twenty five at the time of acquisition. Yeah, I think like it's an awesome story um, from the industry, and obviously serving serving a need within the industry for mm. the operators, right? The, on on what they're trying to do, and now the next step, and there's a reason that uh, the acquisition has obviously happened, but the the whole idea of platform unification and where does gamification and free-to-play sit within essentially the marketing or the player experience funnel um, and how to best leverage that, right? And obviously being able to stick that into retention and loyalty and using it not just as a a pure play acquisition model is something that's sitting there. So I know you, John, um, and personally we've chatted about it plenty of times, but like understanding the difference between gamification, where it sits within the funnel of how you're talking to your players um, there's there's a lot of nuance to it rather than kind of just being a one-size-fits-all. Is that right? There is a lot of nuances around that, and a lot of operators tend to fall into that trap. Uh, the biggest yeah. obstacle that I see is a lack of awareness about how to personalise a free-to-play strategy, a gamification strategy, a loyalty strategy, and how to kind of roll all that into part of an yeah. overall CRM strategy. You, know, you hear a lot about personalised content, but then they're looking to build something which their competitors are doing down the road as well. So to me, that's not personalizing the content. Yeah. That's, that's that's just kind of taking an easy route and taking a shortcut into, well, what can we what have we got readily available that we can just offer our players and say, hey, we've done we've done a retention, you know, well, we've built this campaign. Um, a lot of brands also tend to focus on seasonality. So you'll see a lot of sports books yep. will do big promotional pushes around, for example, Cheltenham horse racing, or next year with the Euro football summer 2024 in, in, in Germany, they'll do a big push around that, or maybe Copper America, for example, for the for the Latin boys. Um, you know, but yep. but in, in between that, what's happening? There's not a lot going on. They're tending to do big, what they would call above the line promotions. Uh, but, but to me, I want something which is happening every single day. I want to log back onto my favorite sites today, not knowing what's there. I want to be surprised. I want to be delighted with what, yeah. what's in it for me, right? So um, I don't want to see the same thing every day. I don't just want to see welcome offers for new players if I'm already an existing player. Why, why am I seeing that? Yeah. You know, um, you see all the, I see all these new offers for all these new customers to sign up, but, but they're way better than what I got. Yeah, yeah, and then you... What's in it for me? Why don't I just yeah. cancel my account and start again? So, so yeah, to me, there's got to be a much better approach, and there is, and obviously we're, we're biased in that, but there's a much better approach of how an operator should be thinking about what can we offer that's a personalized content. But as I say, kind of um, siloing it out almost into different streams of daily retention, True, and I say true gamification, we'll come on to the difference between retention and gamification, adding your loyalty piece in there as well, but rolling that together to sit and fall within your CRM strategy. And as you said at the very beginning, not just to see free-to-play as a player acquisition tool, because historically that's how it's been viewed. It's always been viewed of, listen, let's build a standalone site, let's get players to log on and register, let's data capture everything we can out of that player and let's give them something fun and free to do with some sign-ups. But once they sign up, well, now what? Now what are we doing for them? Because now they're just in the same pot as everybody else, right? Why are we not building a a, a user roadmap, if you like, where we want that player to go? Do, do you think, John, and this is something that I think about as a user, do you think users are relatively savvy to it now as well? Like, like are there many users that are going on a free-to-play game without realising that 
well, it is free to play in the sense that I can play it, but what I'm using here is my, I'm giving the brand my data. Yeah. This is, this is the, this is the, this is the value exchange that I'm giving. So uh, do you have examples of where brands are starting to be a little bit smarter in the way that they're doing that, maybe being more transparent around it, but also then building it for an experience going, we understand why this is here, but it's not for us to do anything mm. other than drive a really nice experience for you as well. Yeah. I think, it, I think it goes both ways. I think a lot of, players know what they're doing. They know that they're going to a yeah. site to look at the free-to-play games and they know they're going to give away their data. They're happy to do that because if the game is interesting enough they to them value. and they're switched onto it, they're more than happy to do so. If they're not switched onto it, they'll walk away from the site anyway and they won't play. So so that's fine. Um, but from a from an operator's point of view, they also understand that, look, you know, there's a trade-off going on here. We need to make the game smart enough for the player to actually want to, to give us their, their information. Um, it's happening anyway. It's happening whether they are, if they're an existing player, yeah. you're already giving all your data away because you're giving away, every time you click through a site, you know, I could I could click through a site and maybe my favorite football team, I'll look at all the different options of what I like to bet on. Historically, I'm already giving that operator all the information yeah. that they're looking for. They're just not digging deep enough to go find it. By gamifying that, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that, okay, that Will likes to bet on... Uh, Australia, pretty much any sport. He like his preference really is cricket, he, <laughs> which uh, oh, which is cricket. true. Um, hasn't been a good year, <laughs> which is true. But if yeah. I'm an operator, I need to tap into that. I don't just need to give you an yeah. offer based on sports. I need to tap into it deeper to say, well, what is it you want to do? What is it that engages you? So yeah, why would I give you an offer based on the English Premier League if you've never bet on that? Yeah, yeah, and then feed that into a co- cohesive strategy. So John, that goes back to what you were talking about: gamification being different like pure play gamification being different to say a loyalty program that's built with gamification. Can you just explain that? Yeah. So, so a, a loyalty, if we kind of work backwards, a loyalty is about rewarding you for, for, for being a customer, right? it's yeah. rewarding you for everything you do. And that happens outside of the industry clearly happens inside the industry now a lot more than it ever did. But, but if you think about airlines, if you think about, uh, e-commerce sites yeah. they're always showing you you have loyalty programs you know you have a a costy coffee or a, a costa coffee or a starbucks uh, stamp card and you you buy 10 and you get one free right they're, 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 they're kind of a loyalty in that respect now wouldn't you wouldn't call that a gamification tool yeah but if you spin a wheel to win a free cup of coffee yeah that's gamification then we're now talking a little bit more about gamification but now if we give you if we something in the middle now if we give you a challenge to complete four different tasks. And once you complete those tasks, you're going to win a cup of coffee automatically. Now we're talking about gamification. So that's just a really good indicator of how to split the three things. They should all go together. Of course they should. They should all tap into each other and the data you get should all be sat in one centralized, unified approach. But the way to use and leverage each one of them is slightly different. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting when you when you when you put it into like three simple examples like that. And I think we as users, there'll be certain users that go, I don't have time to be completing quests or tasks or the side quests to be able to get a free coffee or to get a free spin. But there'll be other users that, hmm. you know, you you're building you're building playtime, you're building time on site, you're building actually just yeah. screen you, you're building um, you're building brand engagement there, so that someone goes, "Oh, by the way, did you see that cool campaign that that cost, that 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 operator was doing? It was really good fun in around the World Cup. It was really good fun here because there wasn't anything else going on, right?" Like exactly that. And, and talk about building brand engagement and brand uh, strength. You know, you, you you have an example where 
if I'm a customer of, of, a, of a betting site and, and obviously being in the UK, I'll, I'll focus on UK. But yeah. if you, if I'm a, a, a customer of a, of a brand X and I really like what they do, I'm going to tell my friends about it, of course, then, because that's the world we live in. We, we always say, hey, have you been on this site? Have you seen this promotion? You know, that's happening all the time, whether it's in person, whether it's online, uh, you know, through all different sort of social channels. That's always going to be happening. So if I'm not doing something on site, as in, you know, if I'm an operator and there's nothing there for, for players to get excited about, well, my competitors already been spoken about. So I have to I have to stay on top of the game. I have to make sure that I'm offering something that's going to get my players engaged, but ultimately get excited about, get passionate about. You know, they want to be able to come back in and say and tell people, have you seen this? This game's really cool. Yeah. You know, and we all kind of benchmark, if you like, for example, uh, Skybet with the, with the prize machine. Yeah. We, we, we benchmark their sort of Super 6 uh, Saturday game. Everybody knows a correct score prediction game based off of that. Yeah. Now, in its most simplest form, it was a great data collection exercise <laughs> to get new players to come across, but everybody knows about it. Yeah. You know, in terms of people talking about it, how many points did you get? Oh, I was one correct score off 250 grand, you know? You, you, you're talking about it without even thinking about it. The branding that comes within it is fantastic. I was going to say, when you nail, like Sky did with that strategy, it, it then essentially becomes it becomes a, a branding asset as much as anything. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tool in and of itself, whether it's free to play or a paid game, like it's a, it's a way for them to have a differentiator from everyone else in the market. Your customers are doing the marketing for you, but then the new people that they're telling about need to come in and need to be as switched on as the original person. If they're not, then we've kind of missed a trick. So, so let's shift gear here, right? Cause we know that we have a lot of operators would listen, um, listen in here if if i'm an operator and i'm starting to think about a, a gamification strategy that's that's maybe best in class with loyalty with pieces where we are just doing data collection but we, we want to then build something more than that how how do you go about kind of setting that up with thunderbite like what's the what's the practice in being able to come in is it a is it a case of suggesting right we know that these types of things work how will it work with your branding what type of games do we think would work like is it is it relatively customizable? It's 100% customizable. But what we do first and foremost with each individual brand operator that we work with, we actually work backwards. Okay. We will first of all work with them and, and, and say, what is it you're trying to achieve, right? Because you could have a situation where uh, a brand is looking to do something completely different from brand A to brand B. You know, Brand A could be looking for, listen, we just want to increase the number of daily active players on site. Yeah. Brand B could be saying, hey, we want to increase deposits. Or brand C could be saying, hey, we, our biggest thing this year is reducing churn. We're losing far too many customers. So we will always work with a, with, with a client and say, look, what are the key KPIs we need to hit? And then we will work back from there to make sure that the games, well, not only the games, but the game flow of a game itself yeah. sits and, and, and kind of supports that. So... For example, uh, a really interesting case we did with with 32 Red was they said, listen, we want to increase the daily actives for sure, but we want to reward players who deposit. You know, we, we, we want to make sure that there's a, there's a clear indicator there that says, listen, if you spin the wheel, everybody can spin for free every single day. That's fine. It's a free-to-play game. Um, so come on in, spin the wheel, see what you get. Now, for the players who deposited... They actually get given a deluxe wheel with bigger prizes, a guaranteed yeah. win. You know, there clearly is a reward there for them to actually do that. And for every day that that would happen, they would come back in and see the deluxe wheel. So 
that feature would never existed in Thunderbike before, but because they had a very clear objective, we worked out a, a game solution within a product we already had off the shelf. We added extra features in to make it sit exactly with how they wanted it. And then when you look at the results at the end of the campaigns or the end of the, you know, if you do a, a quarterly review with them and say, look, how is it performing? They say, yeah, we're absolutely smashing it. But they're not smashing it just because of a nice and shiny front end of a yeah. game. It's the results that sit behind it and, the, and the, the, the sort of thought process that goes on. So so I would say, A, everything we do is 100% customizable, but B, that consultative approach that we take at Thunderbike, uh, and obviously exactly the same now with Extreme Push, but that consultative approach that we take is paramount to making sure that the customer succeeds in their, their marketing campaigns. We don't just want to become that market trader-esque style where you say, listen, we've got 28 games, Pick yeah. whatever you want. Here they are, yeah. Because then you might as well be plugging in uh, a, a paid play game if you're doing that. That this is this is yeah, what it is. Exactly. Well, not only that, but I mean, obviously, you have uh, agencies. You know, you'll yeah. have marketing agencies. Listen, we can build these games for you. That's absolutely fine. But they're not really taking into account what the client wants to do. So we're trying to f- fill that gap between offering a solution that the brands can use themselves, but at the same time offering those configuration options that allow them to change exactly what they want the game flow of the game to be. So, John, we sitting from the CRM side, we as CRM managers, like we have so much data that we can have access to. And what I find in the market and the most common, the, com, the most common problem is that there is data that will exist there in some form um, or some format, but it's being able to use it for how does this link into an email campaign? How do I link it to a push campaign in my app, for instance? Um, would you would you have kind of advice on the way, well, obviously the advice is unify and take a platform like Extreme Push, and we're not doing a sales plug here, but for brands that are looking at this, and there are obviously competitors out there, how is you as, as a CRM manager, are you looking at this? Like, are we treating this type of behavior that the player is doing on the free experience as very much driving into first-party data, understanding user behavior, seeing what they like as opposed to what they've told us to like? Is it is it is it essentially an extension of that? Yeah, absolutely. And I know you said it's not a sales plug, and it's definitely <laughs> there, is a, there, is a, there is a clear reason why the two companies have joined yeah. together. Um, this is because we're trying to create that unified solution that all of the data sits in one under one roof, right? So um, we hear a lot where brands say, listen, we love Thunderbike, but we have a difficult time trying to marry the data that we get out of Thunderbike and the data that sits in, an, in another platform, a CRM platform or some marketing suite somewhere else and trying to plug in three or four pieces of data and try to say, is that the same player? Can we say that the player yeah. deposited can we say the player didn't churn away and reactivate it based from a Thunderbike campaign or any other campaign for that matter? So they're always having a hard time trying to work out, well, can we clearly mark and can we clearly measure if a user did X, can we attribute that to a Thunderbike campaign or can we attribute that to a user action on site? And the answer historically has been no. And that's not just Thunderbike, that's any yeah. free-to-play provider. They're not they're not plugged into a CRM. Now, the idea here, obviously the reason we join forces, is to is to stop that, is to actually to, 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 to kind of solve that headache. Um, not only that, but it's also then the way of how we view free-to-play games. So again, we talked a little bit about the differences between retention, loyalty, and gamification. If we think about coming into a, a, an operator site and having a, a daily promotion, they just log on and play, 
they are absolutely fantastic games to play, and that's exactly how Thunderbite has kind of made its name in the industry. Now, let's take it on another level. Let's go to having a CRM campaign that's based off of real-time triggers and real-time events. So if a user makes a deposit of X, let's reward them with a Thunderbite game. If yeah. a user does you know, three losing bets in a row, which again, tends to happen to me, um, let's reward them with something else. Let's reward them with a different type of Thunderbite game. So it's now having one a one-stop solution, but also one centralized back office set of data where we can go, ah, the user did that. So we're going to reward them with this. Then the user did something else. And we can breadcrumb that, that trail all the way from beginning to end and clearly work out, yes, we can see an uplift based on having Thunderbite. Yeah. And that, that drives into personalization of experience, John, right? When you've got that unified yes. stack up and you, you understand what it's what it's worth to be bonusing to this person or offering them and, and making sure that it aligns with their um, you know, their LTV or whatever it might be is the stat that you're measuring for their kind of lifetime. If you as a marketer well, have that, you you're much stronger. I was going to ask you a question, and this this is just one. This is, shows my background in display advertising, right? We talk about measurability as marketers, and obviously mm. we live and die by attribution of campaigns, like how much is it generated um, and how much is it done. I, I think that sometimes that there's a bit of – that there can be a, a search for the holy grail of attribution that maybe is going to be difficult in a digital environment ever to be able to achieve without looking at kind of incrementality on campaigning in the general uplift in the user experience. If we give a good user experience to an anonymous user um, that we might not then be able to stack that conversion up, but at least we see an uplift in our bottom line. Surely that has value in in and of itself, particularly at the top of the funnel in the pure kind of acquisition sense, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's 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 one of those where are we trying to do this campaign by campaign, yeah. which is, again, historically everybody tries to do. So again, right now, everybody's focused on Christmas campaigns, and yeah. we are we at Thunder Hour, you know, delivering God knows how many <laughs> campaigns in the next two or three weeks. But everybody will look at that and go, "Did this Christmas campaign perform well?" And I understand why. What we're trying to explain now is that okay, these campaigns are great in their granularity, but it should roll up and be part of yeah. a much bigger marketing piece. You know, this shouldn't just be a case of well, Christmas performed really well. Mm, January's going to drop off a cliff because nobody's got any money and let's just forget January and it's typically a quiet month in the industry nobody really deposits anything again until payday to me that's the perfect opportunity to test learn yeah. work out personalize adapt all of the various different kind of processes we want to all the different pieces of content that would allow that player to come back in and Again, we're not talking about constantly depositing every single day, but at least to be back on site and doing something that you want them to do. Yeah. It could be reading articles. It could be complying with responsible gaming. It could be uh, you know, educational pieces. And I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but I'll tackle it here and now. I personally see free-to-play sitting as its own vertical on an operator site in the next three to five years. Yeah, I, I was, really do. And I think I was, and there's a whole reason for that. I think, I think you can gamify the educational approach to gaming. So to be able to show players, you know, what to do when you're trying to make an accumulator or what to do, how to play a new slot game or, you know, Slinger, who's ever played Slinger before? I don't know what to do. I'm a bit too scared to deposit my own cash. How, how do I do it? So being able to use free to play experiences of this or, you know, reading articles about the latest, uh, what you're allowed to do within sort of, you know, retail or whatever it is, all these different things that the legislation that can come in can be, gamified in a way that listen if you read this article 
we're going to give you something in return. Yeah. So it's not always about just constantly getting the player to deposit, deposit, deposit. It's about giving them something which shows you their their well-being of how they understand the industry, how they understand the site, right? So, I mean, again, we're not just talking about constantly getting people to keep coming in, depositing and checking the money into it. We, we, we're almost saying, look, no, there's, a, there's, there's so much more to do on site rather than just that. So let's get you doing it. Yeah, and that's probably a really nice segue into the applications of this outside of the iGaming industry. Like you can see certain brands in the retail environment, um, maybe the hospitality environment where some of this could potentially um, and is in some ways, but like obviously we've got the the old school Shopify, you just get 15% every time the wheel spins to the same thing, but brands could be getting really clever about what they're actually kind of offering as a as a, as a way to get people to engage with their brands. Um, comes back yes. again to the the gaming industry we see so much talk at the moment and i think it was the hot topic of the year for 2023 around um and obviously this this depends brand to brand some a casino operator that's just a casino operator might always just be a Mm. casino operator but the big talk is convergence right the convergence of media and the intersection of sport um and the content we consume and why we're consuming it um how Mm. we're consuming it being an all-in-one stop you can see how these strategies, when they start to stack together, um, can be really powerful in the way that a brand can talk about its message to people. Um, and and I'm sure that that's it is what you got, what we're looking at, and what you guys at Thunderbite, particularly from the free to play side, are looking at, and how we can stack that up for a brand experience for, for for brands that are using it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you made a point there about different industries. So, uh, what, well, two two to me stand out really well. Um, <clears throat> one obviously is e-commerce. Yeah. There's a ton of different companies starting to think about how they gamify that approach. And you talked about Shopify there, but but a um, couple of stores in the UK have started to do this now. As the supermarket, they have yeah. a wheel where you spin it and you can win everything from 20% off to a free trolley dash and a shop or whatever. So so they're starting to actually embrace that now uh, as a way of actually getting new new people through the door. So, you know, they, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a retention piece, but they know that, hang on, we're in a big market share with kind of three or four other big supermarkets yeah. and how do we steal two, three, four percent of their market share? They're actually using gamification of doing that. Um, the biggest one really outside of the industry that's done it well for some time is e-commerce. You have a lot of retail stores who have always looked at, okay, well, how do we find out more about our customers? Yeah. You know, if somebody walks in the store, how do we know who they are? How do we kind of give that? How do you personalize something to somebody you don't know where they're going to come from or what they're going to do? Yeah. So being able to, to gamify that approach, be able to reward that approach. Um, and Mark, our, our one of our other co-founders, actually built something for clothing brand in Holland. Uh, it's a well-known global brand now, but at the time it was uh, it's, it's Jack and Jones clothing store. Yeah. And the idea was that if you had spent over 50 euros, you got a free scratch card. And on this scratch card, you had to then sort of scratch off this, this is obviously way before a QR code, but yeah. you would scratch off to reveal a, a code. You then go to the site to put that code in to see what you've won. Would you, you give them the play, you give them the data. So you have to put first name, last name, email yeah. address, mobile number, where do you live? Are you over 18? You know, what do you like? Do you like to buy jeans? Do you like to buy shoes? Do you like to buy shirts? You know, male, female, all everything. So, so that data is absolutely, you know, a, a, it's pure gold for for the for the retailer because then they can start sending you offers based on the things that you you know you like. You know, your your till receipt to spend the fifty euros in the first place will have been I don't know two two pairs of jeans maybe, yeah. but 
let's send you an offer based on the fact that, well, hang on, you've just bought two pairs of jeans. Why would I send you an offer in the next 10 days on another pair of jeans? Yeah, it needs let's to be send you an offer based on a, a shirt, a nice shirt to go with it. So it's just how you leverage that data and how you think about how creative you can think about your marketing. And like, I think this is, it's not out of reach too. Sometimes when we when we get into this, it, you could be sitting on the outside going, oh, well, that's all good because, you know, you got a great CRM and you got gamification and I've got all this data those brands, I can't do that as a brand. It's too hard. But like, I think one of the biggest education pieces within this is that it is very much doable um, now. And you look at platforms like us um, at Extreme mm-hmm. Push, and again, sales hat coming on, apologies, everyone. Um, but it is very much doable for CRM's te- teams now. This is not the future is coming. This is the future is now. There's a reason that brands like Shopify, Amazon, the big walled gardens um, exist and brands can start to build their own wall around the garden of their data and that's the big play for the next uh, number of years coming it's the data that you own as a brand as much as the customer that you own um, or what the customer is spending with you that's going to be important and this is another tool in your arsenal well i mean if you look at the time that this podcast is is, is being recorded we're in within the combination of black friday and cyber yeah yeah if you, you yourself will feel the same as me, you've probably been inundated with emails, right? So, the, the, and that's not nothing to do with SMSs, that's nothing to do with TV adverts or radio adverts. You are bombarded with content. How much of it you can consume, we all know is still up for debate, but there's a yeah. point where you switch off from the things that have no interest to you whatsoever. So, it's a fight for, for, for space, right? It's a fight for brain space in a way. From, yeah. okay. What am I interested in? What do I want? Is that interesting to me? No, delete. Is that what interesting to me? Yes, I like the look of that. So it's always going to be a bit of a struggle from from an operator's side. But if you're not doing it, if you're not doing that kind of um, gamified marketing approach and you're not trying to really get that player uh, or that customer switched on and engaged, then, like I said, your competitor down the road is. So you're going to lose in that fight. You've already lost in that fight. If you're not doing it, why not? Yeah, yeah. So I think now the more... You look at any industry, whether it's like we talked about e-commerce, you look at banking, and obviously clearly within sports betting and gaming, I would say there's a good 90% of brands that are doing some sort of gamified approach yeah. to their retention marketing. So, John, shifting gears here, talking about the year that was, what what were some of the highlights um, like like as far as campaign? And I know we don't want to talk – we can talk higher, not just a campaign that went out on its own, it's singular, but like – Maybe some highlights on games or strategies that you thought were particularly interesting um, or worked well, because um, I think that's a real nugget that people can take away. Going, okay, well, that's an interesting yeah. way of doing it. And I and I will actually go against giving this a cheap plug. Um, I think there's a, 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 lot, a lot of the good campaigns that I've seen around free to play and gamification have actually been around what I would call progressive games. Yeah. So, and obviously, again, shameless plug, yes, uh, we do offer these progressive games, but obviously, you know, <laughs> other guys do as well. But um, the, the reason I bring that up is because there's been also a shift within free-to-play of uh, what I call spray and pray. So yeah. everybody would just say, unless, you know, we're going we're gonna to market, uh, you know, the absolute uh, wheels off of a, uh, of a scratch card or a spin-to-win game or whatever it is to get all our players in and we're going to offer this and we're going to offer that and they've got all this money to spend. But then when they look at the results and they say, well, how much did we actually get back in return? It's probably not been worth it. So what we've now seen in the last 12 months is a lot of brands start to go completely the other way. Yeah, It's, it's based on rewarding a player once they've done something. 
right? So it's a combination. If you still got your daily free-to-play games that are up there, that's fine. But actually, if you go and do this, there's a surprise and delight behind it. So um, progressive games are fantastic for things like that. So, you know, we have a progressive game, which is a, it's a tile game where, you know, you have a, maybe 100 tiles and you start on a Monday. You turn over three or four per day, uh, but you come back tomorrow and you carry on where you left off. Now, the beauty here is how do you gamify that? How can you give a yeah. player, well, hang on, it's, it's, it's Monday afternoon, I've done my turns. I don't want to wait until Tuesday. What else can I do? Well, actually, if you go on site and you do X, Y, Z, we're going to give you two or three more squares to turn. So now you can incentivize a player. And again, it doesn't have to be depositing, but it can be X, Y, Z is anything the operator wants them to do. So you can gamify the whole approach, but at the same time, you're not just throwing bonus after bonus, day after day after day. You're able then to kind of stretch and elongate that process out. But at the same time, you know you're going to reward the customer at the end of the week. So it's now keeping that customer happy. It's keeping the purse string guys happy you know they're saying this we're not giving yeah, any thousands and millions in bonuses we're actually getting better better value here so to me i think 2023 definitely was the year of a progressive game um i don't think it's finished yet by a long shot i think uh, i think it will carry on into next year i think there's a lot of brands that are starting to move away from the daily click and collect kind of yeah. um promotions or rewards and they're going into those kind of progressive games and then so obviously Unification is is the catch cry for what's coming down the line um, mm-hmm. into your CRM and your, your full retention strategy and breaking down those silos internally. Uh, are there any other big highlights that you think that you're going to see trend wise within the industry heading into 24, or is it just a is it just a case of what we've kind of covered there in in most of the chat? I think to some degree, the first half of next year will still be a case of evolution rather than revolution. Yeah. So I think everybody's kind of working out, okay, what do we need to do differently? And it's not doing something different just for the sake of doing doing it different. Yeah. You've still got to go to that initial end goal and work backwards from there, like I said. Um, I think we all agree AI is going to play a part yeah. at some part, uh, at some point. Um, how it looks, what it does, what capabilities. I think everybody's excited by it, but I think we're all waiting to see that first brand really, truly step out of the shadows and go for it. Um, I, along with everybody else, are just as interested to sort of see how that goes and how just how that can play a role in, in personalizing content even further, right? Yeah. So um, I have no, I'm not going to sit here and be all evangelistical and say, listen, I'm, a, you know, I'm an expert and I can see what's going to happen in 12 months. I'm just the same as everybody else to say, I would love to see a brand just grasp this and really yeah. sort of then show the results of this um so i think on the second half of the year will definitely be more ai focused but the first half of the year as i said i think it's going to be a lot more focused around uh those real-time triggers those real-time rewards those real-time events uh you know gamifying that approach the, the sort of missions and the, and, the, and the tasks and the achievements and the points and the levels and the, the almost like the kind of gamified marketplace yeah yeah. Giving players, okay, listen, we we know what you want. We're going to offer what you want, and we're going to reward you for doing so. And we're going to give you something to spend in return. So, to me, I think that's really where we're going to go next year. Yeah, and I look at it with a with a, a channel marketer's hat on, and I find it very interesting that it's it, because you're in situ and you're under permission, and you you've got someone in, and it might be a known customer. Um, typically, you've got real good options there to to be able to talk to people within the guidelines of 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 your territories, um, safer gambling, and, and obviously uh, mm. you, your kind of your, your legislation around what you can and can't do, and, we, and we're seeing a lot of that in Europe now with certain markets kind of going, no, you cannot send an email, you cannot send a push notification. Well, then 
what as a brand can we do as an, as an offer mm. of experience to get people to understand mm. who we are and what we do? It's, it's on your site. It's through things like gamification. Yeah, I think actually a perfect example of that is there's a band coming in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're not allowed to talk to players, they're not allowed to market to players. So what are they going to do? So to me, gamifying that approach, telling players where, where they are, what they're going to do um, is, is a perfect. I'll give you a really good example of a simplistic version of that. Um, we have many brands who have the same same positive experience, but we see what I call a, a Cinderella moment. We yeah. see brands who have a, a free-to-play game and we always look at our own internal stats and the number of people who play our games from midnight local time to 1 a.m. can sometimes account for between 25 and 35% of that daily yeah. number of stats for that, that, that brand. And it's the Cinderella moment because people are sat there waiting online, waiting on the site at 11.58, 11.59. As soon as the clock strikes midnight, they go, yeah, let me spin, let me play. Yeah. Now, it's a marketer's dream because there's no communication needed to go and tell the player where the free-to-play game is. They know exactly where to go, what to do. They're just waiting for the clock to strike midnight and then they want to play. So to me, we're over the big hump there of, okay, well, how yeah. do I get people interested? How do I get them aware? The next headache is to how to keep the game fresh, dynamic, how to keep changing the prizes up, changing the skins of the, of the promotion, how to keep players excited, as I said, and switched on, and how to personalize the content. Will, you know, we, if I was a marketer to you, I would again go back to listen. I know you like to bet on cricket. I know your favorite team is Australia. I know you like to bet on these sequence of events. I need to be personalizing the content to you yeah. that could be something completely different to your mate down the road who is not interested in sports. He's interested in casino. Why would I send you both the same offer? Yeah. Yeah. And you see too much of that. And that's the shift between batch and blast across all of it to to real omni-channel experiences and that's what what you talk yes. about driving behavior that then is is based on experience and brand engagement so exactly yeah, exactly that i think super strong proposition well john we've we've covered some fair ground there um like it's hard not to do one with an internal guest but the expertise is what we look at and i think Anyone that's listening to this, um, that's sitting on the operator side or the marketing side, there there are some real nuggets to be able to take out of, of, of what we've just discussed. And then obviously anything that people want to talk about further, you now know who the um, gamification expert is in the industry and genuinely across the industry well known. Um, get in contact for sure. I'm sure you've got no problems with that. Um, we already make the joke that you could talk underwater, um, so that's no problem. Um, and we've proven that again today. But um, John, really good to have you on. Um, I think there'll be some massive value for operators out of this conversation. So thanks. Appreciate it, Will. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, hope, hopefully we can uh, do this again sometime. Definitely, mate. <laughs>